Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to Big Sunday, Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. We just talked to Ron Kopp, Arrowhead Pride. Dot com. What position do you want first for the Kansas City Chiefs, Grant? I mean, I don't really care which one they go first if they keep both 29 and 30, but I'd want some version of an edge and a wide receiver. I'm not going to buck the trend here. I think that's uh, I think that's what's going to happen. 29 30. I mean, I mean what could you trade want me to up, say corner? But if it could be, they do have a lot of ammo, though. Two first round, two second round, two third, and two fourth. And they can play with draft picks from future drafts if that's what they want. But try to keep as many as possible for the Kansas City Chiefs because the draft is here next year. <laughs> like, this would be a perfect year to have the draft at Kansas City. If they could only have one, which one would you prefer? Edge or wide receiver? Yeah. Well, I guess edge. That's kind of what I would think. Too. I guess edge because they did bring in Juju and MVS, but I think they still need more. And, you know, Juju's on a one-year contract, so that's going to be short-term unless they can find a way to get a long-term contract with him. But think about with Mahomes. Like, what receivers have you really drafted? Like, Cornell Powell didn't work out last year. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey were already here as targets before even Mahomes got here. Like, you have this elite quarterback. Don't you kind of kind of keep giving him weapons? So I'm 100% for a number one wide receiver. And if the number one wide receiver is not a number one right away, He's not like Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase right away. That's fine. You see if he develops this year, you know, maybe he's a third option at this point behind MBS and Juju Smith-Schuster. And then the following year, either hit free agency if you're not satisfied with what you got, but at least a contributor for what you have on offense. Because McColl's not going to be that guy. He's a specialized guy at this point. So we'll see with the Chiefs, but they do have the trade ammo to move up and down. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was talking to Albert Breer of Sports Illustrated um, last week. Really good stuff. Do you realize there's only four players on the roster right now that were here before Mahomes? Four players on the roster pre-Mahomes. I mean, this roster is completely flipped since Patrick Mahomes has been here, and that's what you expect to happen since he's been the starter. Do you know what those four players are? Uh, is Harrison Butker on that list? He is. Nice job. That's one. Oof. I, I think it's going to run out pretty quick here. One, one's really easy, man. Frank Clark? Nope. No. Nope. One is really, really easy. I know. I mean, I know there's going to be James Winchester. James Winchester. That's not the easy one I was thinking of. Oh, really? There's an easier one? There's an easier one. Oh, Travis Kelsey. Boom. There you go. Three of the four right now. So you already, you're already ahead of the game. And the other one's Chris Jones. Okay. So Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Harrison Butker, and James Winchester. Winchester's been here forever. 
But he's the, they're the only ones that predate uh, Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the other thing, too, is one thing I do like, um, the Chiefs keep him kind of abreast of the situation. This isn't like an Aaron Rodgers situation where he didn't really know what's going on. Here's a back-to-back MVP and doesn't know what's going on. Because your quarterback, listen, should they pick all the players? No. Should they have involvement in it? Yes. Should they have a say in who comes the Kansas City Chiefs? Yes. But this is what uh, Albert Breer said about the Tyree Kill situation. Mahomes had a good handle on his involvement with Reed and Veach. Like we said earlier, the coach and GM kept their quarterback updated through the Hill transaction. And um, especially during a period where quarterbacks not involved and that's considered a hot button issue in the NFL. And Mahomes says, quote, I've been involved pretty much my entire career. I mean, I remember we signed Sammy Watkins. I'm not saying we need to sign and who we don't need to sign and all this different type of stuff, but they at least let me know what they're thinking and why they're thinking it. And I think that's why the relationship that we have in Kansas City is so great with Coach Reed and Veach is they keep everybody informed on what we're going to do and what the vision of the future. Boom, that's perfect. Because Patrick Mahomes, he's the top three guy in the organization. Clark Hunt, Andy Reed, Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not so sure it's Clark Hunt, then Patrick Mahomes, and Andy Reed. But the one thing is constant, they keep their quarterback abreast of the situation. Now, we hear all the time that Mahomes suggests somebody and they bring somebody in. That's fine. Because that guarantees part of the evaluation process. If there's somebody that he really wants here in Kansas City, I think they do listen to that. And they should listen to that because that's the quarterback. It's the face of the organization. Some teams don't involve their quarterbacks. And I get it. It's scary sometimes. It's just like uh, boosters in college athletics that are paying you millions of dollars at your athletic department. And they want to have a say-so on who the next head coach is. It's very tough to say no because – Guess what happens when you're ready to fire a coach? Who do you go look at? Who do you go ask for more money for buyouts of the contract? Those rich boosters. So sometimes they're kept of who's the, who they're interviewing and who they're not interviewing, and that's good. But quarterbacks should always should always know. And uh, Mahomes says by the end of the year, the linemen were one unit. You would have thought those guys were together for ten years, and so the receiver room will be in a similar sense. Now he's got the guys showing up down in Texas some of the new receivers to work out with him down there. But the one thing I like about this is, and this is true with the linemen, like they were at all the OTAs, they were at minicamp because it was a new group. You know, Tooney came in here from the Patriots, Orlando Brown coming over from the Ravens. It was going to be a learning experience for Orlando Brown. Was in a run-dominated offense in Baltimore. Different offense here in Kansas City was going to take time. Then obviously when you have rookies like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, but – you would have to say by the end of the year, that line became a cohesive unit in a nasty unit as they were uh, playing with more attitude than I've seen in a long time. Now, as far as the way teams were playing Mahomes, he says, quote, honestly, I'm very interested in the way they played me. We got a lot more two high shell zone coverages last year for a while. It had a lot of success against us. So the defenses go back to the coverage they were playing against us before because we don't have Tyreek. So he's asking that question. Are they going to go back to that? And then who's such a dynamic uh, playmaker in Tyree Kill? Or do they try to evolve the defense that we're playing last year because they were having some success? He says, I'm interesting to see it. I'll prepare for it all. That's what's great about the NFL. It's always changing. It's always evolving. And you have to continue to get better or you'll get behind everybody else. So I like that because teams did play the Chiefs different. Now do they go back to how they did play the Chiefs in the past, which if they do that <laughs> – Good luck. Marquise Valskan is uh, 4.37 speed. 
and they could draft somebody with speed, or do they keep the same type of defense as Mahomes saying that did have success against them last year, and they changed things up. But Tyreek is one of the guys that did change that. Mahomes says, quote, I think that'll be something that'll help me a ton next year because more than having one guy that we had just Tyreek that's so dynamic that can even, if he's double covered, make something happen. I'll be able to spread the ball around more this year, and those other guys make plays. I think it'll help our offense in a sense where they can just focus on Travis and Tyreek or won't have to focus on Travis and Tyreek, I say. But I think this is great that they're involving Mahomes. Now, a quarterback shouldn't pick all his talent. Should he have a say-so in it? I think so. What The way Green Bay is not really involved Aaron Rodgers whatsoever, and Aaron's not saying a word. Like he said stuff in the past that he wouldn't. He has not said a word. You see his contract? He's not saying a damn word. They're paying him more than anybody else in the NFL. He's not saying a word. I would think that Devontae Adams at MVS would have rattled uh, Aaron Rodgers' cage to some extent. I mean, you'd think so, but I'm kind of through trying to get any sort of read on what Aaron Rodgers thinks or feels or wants. But he's always wanted to say so and what they do. And they haven't given it to him. And supposedly he gets along with the GM now. and that, Not get along, but they kind of had a nice discussion going forward in the way that they're going to handle things. So I'm curious, though, but he loses talent wide receiver. You lose Devontae Adams, his go-to guy. That's got to hurt Aaron Rodgers. This is a team that's continually going to the playoffs. Two years previously, uh, previously to this year, they made the NFC title game. They're on that verge, but... What's uh, what's the NFC thinking right now? It's got the quarterbacks. I know that everybody's talking about the AFC having all the quarterbacks because of Joe Burrow now and Justin Herbert, Mahomes over here, Lamar Jackson, and now Deshaun Watson going to play again in Cleveland. But I will say this. The NFC still has Tom Brady, still has Aaron Rodgers, still has the uh, reigning Super Bowl champion, Matt Stafford. They do have twice as many MVPs out of that group than what the AFC quarterbacks have, twice as many Super Bowl victories, as what the AFC has in that group. But you take Tom Brady, of course, most of it's him, but you take him away, and they still have two Super Bowl rings with the quarterbacks they have there. And the AFC's got Patrick Mahomes with that Super Bowl victory, but the NFC still has Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. And then the MVP race, <laughs> yeah, it's still slanted towards the NFC because of all the uh, four MVPs that Aaron Rodgers has got. But I do think the talent is in the AFC as far as going forward, but they still do have, it's still top-heavy with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, still the quarterbacks in the NFC. So just to forget about the NFC not having quarterbacks, that's been the big topic. Because Russell Wilson's now in the AFC, and you think, well, these great quarterbacks in the AFC, Russell Wilson with a Super Bowl ring, hasn't won an MVP in Mahomes. Those are the two Super Bowl championships the AFC quarterbacks have in comparison to Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and the bunch. But uh, Deshaun Watson back in the mix now in Cleveland. So, yes, it's top-heavy. I'm loving the AFC North. I love the AFC West regardless because of Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert. And I think Russell Wilson, the third-best quarterback in this division. But the AFC North, when you get got a former MVP in Lamar Jackson, you get Deshaun Watson. I don't know about Trubisky in Pittsburgh. That's the, uh, that's the worst quarterback in that division. And Joe Burrow, I'm thinking the AFC North, second-best division. In football, which is weird to say, behind the AFC West. But football is beginning, as I mentioned, on April 18th. will be the uh, first practice Kansas City Chiefs when they work out, lift weights, and things like that. But that's Petra Mahomes with Albert Breer this week. Coming up next, though, Dayton Moore had a great interview 
on Vern's hot stove last week. We'll have the highlights of uh, Dayton Moore next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson. Tiger Woods says he's a game-time decision to play in the Masters, which is an interesting development. KU to play uh, North Carolina national title game. 820 tomorrow, Nick Schwartz uh, will join us talking KU Jayhawks at 1030. But Dayton Moore was on with uh, Josh Vernier, new president of baseball operations. Dayton Moore and Josh Vernier will join us 1130 as Bobby Witt Jr. is uh, on the Royals roster for opening day. So predictable that it was going to happen, but now it's reality, which is kind of cool because as Vern uh, will ask Dayton here as far as uh, how cool it is to have uh, Bobby Witt Jr. get the baseball around the horn, flip it to Zach Greinke, have behind the plate, um, have behind the plate Salvador Perez, and what that'll mean, just kind of three generations of Royals uh, doing that. Here was uh, Vern about that question to Dayton Moore. Along those same lines, viewing the game through your youth, I was doing just that last night. Um, from those pennant-winning teams, I always loved uh, the moment before first pitch, Moose chomping gum, kind of flip the ball, especially with the Jordano or Danny Duffy. The look he would give them uh, has me excited for opening day and the idea of a possibly a 21-year-old flipping the ball to a 38-year-old on the bump and three eras of Royals baseball with Salvi behind the dish. So uh, I've been heeding your advice and 
It's made so yeah, nice. I'm glad. I'm glad we have people that think like you, um, and you know, bring that uh, to the spotlight because that is pretty neat, and that's something I hadn't thought of. Um, but uh, I will definitely appreciate that uh, when I see it. So be cool. You got Bobby Wood Jr., the future of the Royals, flipping the ball to a man of the past, Zach Grinke, and then Salvador Perez behind the plate. Of course, you know, World Series MVP, Salvador Perez, who I think is going to be in Cooperstown eventually. I think Zach Grinke is going to be there too. So a couple Hall of Famers uh, with this Kansas City Royals team with the youth. Vern also asked about Bobby Wood Jr. and locking up the contract long-term as we see more and more of these players Young players, this is what happens now. Like Fernando Tatis, you get these players, then you lock them up long-term with the contract. Is this going to be the same with Bobby Witt Jr.? I do want to ask one other Bobby Witt Jr. question. We all know the uh, landscape of Major League Baseball, and when a talent like that comes along, we're seeing a lot of them uh, pounced on by the front office, uh, the 10, 11, 12-year contracts being doled out. Uh, how would you describe the team's desire? to lock up Bobby Wood Jr. Well, you know what I'm going to say, and I've been consistent with this, because uh, this is how I really, this is how I feel. Um, it's how I've always felt. Um, we will do everything we can, always, uh, to keep our very best, our most talented players here as long as possible. And it's a two-way street. They, they've got to want to be here as well, um, especially those players that play the game the right way, represent the integrity of the game. Uh, what we expect uh, of players in our community, how we expect them to uh, to operate and, and build people up in this community and um, continue to model the character traits that I think are so important for sport and for the Kansas City community. And, um, and we'll do everything we can to keep all those, you know, those, those talented players here as long as we can, as long as they represent the values and the abilities that we believe win championships. And, um, you know, so, um, you know, that's, uh, that's a question that we'll get asked and continue to get asked. And, and we'll always do our best to, to make sure we keep as many, many talented players here as we can. And the TV contract went up this year exponentially for the Kansas City Royals. These are good news, and some of the big contracts have fallen off the books uh, for the Kansas City Royals. They also look to uh, to move downtown, make a move downtown. Bobby Wood Jr. would be the face of moving downtown for the Royals. And this young talent, this young talent infusion coming up in Bobby Wood Jr., MJ Melendez that had 41 home runs last year throughout the minor leagues, and uh, Nick Prado, whose defense is already on par better than what Eric Hosmer's been. But uh, the one thing about the Royals is, when you look at this team, does he think about uh, most talent? Is this the most talent the Royals have ever had, top to bottom? Now, I mean, you might say, well, it was Lorenzo Cain and Mike Moustakis and Eric Hosmer and Danny Duffy and Sal Perez. Yes, that was true. Those are all here. But right now, you get Sal Perez still here. You have Bobby Wood Jr., number one. Uh, prospect in Major League Baseball in the MLB Pipeline. And then you got all the young talent in the minor leagues. Uh, baseball um, on the MLB Pipeline ranked the Kansas City Royals the eighth best minor league uh, organization in baseball. But here was Dayton's response to, is this the most talent uh, you've seen here? Now, maybe this is just me uh, getting older and just being amazed at how young all of these players are. But do you feel like this is the most talent uh, that this organization has had top to bottom right now? Yeah, I would say so. I would say we're, we, we have um, talent and talent in the right places. Um, 
but we've got to we've got to um, evolve into per, you know consistent producing major league players, and um, and and we've got to continue to become a team, and united uh, as a team, and um, and so that's uh, that's something that uh, the players are responsible for, and um, they'll we, we've got to trust the coaching staff and the players together uh, to find that net that that chemistry. Um, and that winning formula that uh, is going to get us back to where we, we desire to be. They've done it before. I think they'll do it again. Exciting expand playoffs, which is good for the Royals. I think they'll still be uh, in things towards the end. But this is a learning step for the Royals. They took that step last year. Now is to keep trying it with Bobby Witt Jr. and stuff in flux to, into this uh, Kansas City Royals offense. I'm looking forward to baseball because is there as much pressure on a Bobby Witt Jr. this year than – Previous years, no. If he would have come up in 14 and 15, I think there would have been a lot more pressure. 14, because the team was expected to make a run for the playoffs. 2013, they had made a run. They weren't officially eliminated till that last weekend against the Chicago White Sox. Then 2014, there were expectations on this team. You saw how good the bullpen was, and having that elite bullpen put the Kansas City Royals, one of those teams that should compete. Then when you have a Hosmer and a Moose and a Sal Perez, there was expect Lorenzo Kane. There was expectations on this team. 2015, a lot of expectations because of going to the World Series Game 7 in 2014. I think it's a little bit different. I think it's a little bit different than having Bobby Wood Jr. and some of the influx of talent coming up this year because they haven't been as good the last couple of years. They've been kind of down. Now it's time to kind of rebuild and go forward, but a lot of pressure would have been a lot more pressure in 2014 and 2015 to come up to the Kansas City Royals. I actually feel like this is the right time. I feel like this is the right time for Bobby Wood Jr. to come up because you don't have those same expectations as 14 and 15. I could be wrong. Maybe there's not ever a good time to come up, Grant. I don't know, but with the way the Royals have been playing lately, I would think uh, 74 wins last year was a step in the right direction, but much different than 14 and 15 trying to step in because I look at all these Royals that did come up. They were expected to win right away. It's like you didn't have those training wheels. Yeah, and I think it's, I mean, it's good to have some expectation, but it's not like we're expecting to go to the playoffs right away off the bat. You know, we just want to see some progress, some juice, some excitement back in into the, the team. 74-win team last year. Then, of course, there was that 2020 year that uh, was that shortened season. They were 26-34, and 59-103 and 103 in 2019, 58-104. and Back in 2018, 2017, they were 80 and 82, 81 and 81 in 2016. But 74 and 88 last year, over-unders, 73 and a half. Some have it at 75 for the Kansas City Royals this year. But they were fourth out of five teams in the division. This division, the White Sox, this is a team ready to play and ready to win now. You know the talent with Chicago White Sox. The Twins, they keep getting better. The Twins are every other year. They're good, then they're bad. They bring in Correa, and they got Sanchez. Uh, I like what they've done, the Minnesota Twins, in this offseason. Cleveland Guardians, still weird saying that, but the Cleveland Indians, I don't – I think they could be the worst team in the division. I know they're getting a lot of run for the third and fourth place in the division. The Tigers are a young team. Last year they had four guys in the top 15 as far as young prospects in baseball. That's a young team that's playing better. And I think Detroit played better last year – then we all expect the Detroit Tigers to play, but then there's the Kansas City Royals, and the talent's coming. It depends on if the pitching matches the hitting, because right now 
the pitching is behind the hitting quite a bit because it's hitting the ball. They're knocking the cover off the ball in spring training. Again, it's just a cactus league play. It's just spring training. But out of all the minor league teams, adding the Grapefruit League in as well, number one in OPS, number one in average, the only team hitting over 300. So there is a light at the end of the tunnel for the Kansas City Royals and hitting the baseball. Coming up next, though, we'll switch gears back to the Kansas Jayhawks in the national title game tomorrow. Nick Schwart from Cody and Gold joins us next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome back to Big Sunday. Jay Bankley, Grant Nicholson. Talking baseball with Vern coming up at 1130. We're talking to Nick Short about Kansas here in just a few minutes. But some uh, news and notes. Tiger Woods says it's a game-time decision to play in the Masters this week. I think that would spike up some interest in the Masters. Masters always going to have interest, but if Tiger Woods is in it, completely different deal. Uh, old friend Sean Manaya traded from the A's to the Padres. Are the A's keeping anybody? Is Billy Bean keeping anybody at all? Because Sean Manaya went 11 and 10 last year, but the 391. I think a lot of people. I don't like. I don't care what Sean Manaya does, and he did have that no hitter. He was part of that uh, trade to bring in Ben Zobrist. I mean, the Royals pushed all in, so we can never go back and think about Sean Manaya in kind of the success. But you think he'll eventually be a Royal? Yeah, <laughs> I think Sean Manaya always end up back here. It's like Zach Greinke's back with the Kansas City Royals. Named opening day starter. He'll be going Thursday. Sixth time he's been named an opening day starter. Zach's not always wild about being named the opening day starter. Here's this week when he was, uh, when the media caught up with him in Surprise Arizona about being the opening day starter. Uh, probably the same as my reaction right now. What do you remember about your first opening day start with the Royals back in 2010? Mm. Not really too much. Uh, yeah, I don't remember if I did good or not that game or who it was against. Uh, I think I've done it like two other times, maybe three other times. And some of them bad, so 
hopefully it goes better this time. That first one was against the Tigers in Verlander. And Detroit or Kansas City? Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas City. Kansas Kendall was behind this way. Yeah, Kendall is good. Does, does the opening day start mean more, do you think, across baseball? Or is it just, just another start? Uh, uh, I don't know about like each individual person's thoughts. Um, I mean, it's probably a li little bit different than a normal start, but not too much. Your first start's always like a little bit different, whether it's the first game, second game, third game, tenth game. Your your first outing is uh, different than most of them. With the distractions or all the pomp and circumstance prior to the game, um, your experience on opening day, I would assume, helps prepare? Uh, the distractions are easier open day because then you don't have to deal with them. You just get ready to pitch. And when you're watching the game, you have to do all the stuff they ask you to do. Um, but if you're starting, you just do your normal starting stuff. So <laughs> Zach, Zach, man. I like Zach. Zach's not having any of it. And this was, uh, this was uh, the media asking Zach if he likes opening day. Of course, he's not going to say that he likes opening day. This was Zach back in 2020 when the uh, in Houston when he was asked um, about being the opening day starter. Does he like it? Uh, not really. Never, never cared about it. Still don't care about it. <laughs> Doesn't care about it ever. I like that. Like Zach. And then some people might say, you know, they hear Zach and he didn't say, but this is who he is. Like this is real 100% stuff from Zach Greinke. I mean, this is and. You were probably too young, well, not too young. I mean, you probably followed Zach when he was first here, and I don't know how much you remember when he was going for Cy Young. I don't know at I, what age you were at that point. I was like 13, so I remember it, but I'm not in the trenches every single day paying attention to interviews and stuff. But Zach was you know, part of that trade to Milwaukee that did bring in Kane and Escobar and Jeffries that was used you know, for a trade later. But Zach being back I think is great, and – not only that, just the uh, wisdom the other pitchers get from Zach. Like, don't be fooled by that. Because Zach Grinke's a student of the game. He studies every pitcher. He watches it, and he's brutally honest. Like, Zach Grinke will tell you, hey, that sucked. Or what? Like, he is the one guy that's not going to butter up anything. He's going to tell you exactly the way that he feels. And I think this is great. And the Royals have had a history of bringing in guys like this to kind of impart that wisdom on some of the other guys on the team. And Zach Grinke's just the latest... Again, the guy's got 219 big league wins. He's uh, a few hundred from 3,000 strikeouts. He's going to Cooperstown. He's going to the Hall of Fame, just like a Hall of Fame pitcher the Kansas City Royals have at this point. And I'm excited for Zach Greinke because I, I could listen to Zach Greinke all day, and it's going to be a fun season listening to Zach. Joining us now, the producer of Cody and Gold, also the host of Waving the Wheat podcast, All Things Kansas. One very happy man that's probably still on Mass Street, Nick Schwartz. What's up, Nick? What's going on, Dink? It's good to join you. You still on Mass Street? I'm not still on Mass Street. I'm too old for that. You know this. So, Come on. I'm a responsible professional journalist. I, I saw older people there on uh, Twitter. That's true. You know what? You're right. That was that was offensive of me to assume that only youthful people could take the mastery after a game like last night. Is college basketball back in fan bases? Because I saw North Carolina watching it uh, from their venue 
you know, they were storming the court. They won't get fined or anything because there wasn't a game going on. But they were excited about it. But does it feel like it used to, to some extent, because of the teams that are in this? Well, yeah. I mean, I think those both those fan bases would tell you that it's always felt this way. But, um, you know, it's been weird the last couple seasons where you didn't get the shutdown in 2020 right before the tournament. And then in 2021, you had a tournament, but it was all in Indianapolis. There were no fans. So there is a a sense of like getting back to normal with with the NCAA tournament. So it's only fitting that you have these you know massive brands and historic programs getting together. Like if you would have told me before the season that we were going to get a Kansas North Carolina national championship game, that is a you know college basketball junkie's dream. So there's definitely a, a feeling of return there. Kansas t- didn't even sweat during this one. I, I can't imagine no. you know being a, a live or die Kansas Jayhawk fan where usually you sweat the games out like Duke and North Carolina fans were sweating that game out until the very end. Did you even feel nervous at all watching that game? Because it seemed like whenever Villanova you know, would come in to make it a 10-point game, 8-point game, McCormick just would slam one down and just change the game. That guy was unbelievable. Did you even sweat at all last night? No, but I, I tell you what. I kept, like, as a Kansas fan, and I know a non-Kansas fans roll their eyes at this, but you, you're sort of always waiting for the wheels to, to come off, you know? Like, what's going to happen? Which one of these dudes is about to knock down four threes in a row? Like, oh, we're about to get some bad calls, start missing some free throws, the other team's going to get hot. Because, I mean, you, you go back over the years, that has been how KU season has ended several times. And last night, they didn't give you an opportunity to start sweating. You mean you get up ten nothing, and basically keep Nova at an arm's length away for the next forty minutes. That was as impressive of a win as Kansas has had all year. And you mentioned it, like David McCall line. For those who aren't like in the weeds with KU basketball, he is the topic of conversation a lot because it's it's like you only get. An extreme version on either end. He's either extremely good or extremely bad. You got the extremely good days, and Villanova didn't have an answer for it down low. So, I mean, that was as impressive of a performance as, as he's ever had. And I'll tell you what, it would be pretty hilarious if he ends up winning Final Four Most Outstanding Player and then somehow falls backwards into getting his jersey retired in Elm Fieldhouse because that's very much on the table. By far and away, his best game ever. This was this was down low for Kansas. There was zero points of transition, wasn't there? But yeah, I mean, that's what Villanova wants, and I, and I kind of wondered, how is Kansas going to play if they have to play Villanova-style game, which is slow it down, half court, no transition? Because that, I mean, in the tournament so far, that's where we've seen Kansas struggle. They, they're always great when they're getting out and running and, you know, using Brown and, and Abaji in transition, but... Where they've struggled is when they have to get into the half court and they start running their sets. Because at this point in the year, man, everybody scouted you. They know your plays. You're not you're not running a set that they've never seen before. So that's when you really rely upon individual players. And they relied upon Dave last night, and he was dominant. What about Remy Martin? Because he's hit over 20 points in two games this tournament so far. Only three points last night, 21 minutes from Remy Martin. This was the uh, X factor for Kansas that they were getting the Remy Martin show in the postseason, but they didn't even really need him last night. No, because I think when Remy's so good, Jay, is when 
he is sort of the safety valve. Like, offense breaks down, seven seconds on the clock, give it to somebody and go get a bucket. That's what KU's been missing in spots this year. Because as good as, you know, Baji and Brown and Jalen Wilson are, they're not the put it on the deck and go and get you two type guys, right? They are driving downhill, getting to the lane, and that little dribble weave handoff set that Kansas has been running forever. And in the case of like Abaji, like he's also just going to kill you from deep. Like, but those are all within the flow of the offense, and that's great. But what Remy has provided, and a big reason why they're in the Final Four, is that he has the ability to put the ball on the deck and go get you a basket, which every team needs, especially this time of year. But last night, like I mean, all the sets were working. Pound the ball today. If he gets you two, move the ball in the perimeter. Ochai's open. Knock down threes. I mean, even Dwan Harris, who is not a big shooter, he made, I think, three threes last night. And they were, I mean, massive, massive shots. So, Remy wasn't needed, but I wouldn't be shocked if he is needed on Monday because you can't expect that you're going to be you know, red hot from deep or that Dave's going to have another incredible game. You'd like to have it, but you can't expect it. Which matchup was better, Duke or North Carolina for Kansas? Well, probably, I mean, North Carolina, by pretty much any standard, is not as good of a team as Duke, but you have fun convincing a team that's now in the national championship that they shouldn't be there. You know, like, you can go back and look at all the season-long numbers, and Duke's a better team, but I, I would argue that nobody has played better in the NCAA tournament than North Carolina has. I mean, I mean even before that, I know that you're kind of lost in the shuffle when they beat Duke in Cameron, Coach K's last game there. So the story was was about Duke losing, and how how the hell could you lose in Coach K's farewell party? But I think sort of kind of lost was the fact that this North Carolina team is looking pretty good, and then you had the game against Baylor where they just are crushing them early. And they almost let them back in, but like I think that was a game where a lot of people started to say, okay, maybe there's something to this. So and. North Carolina has bigs. Armando Baycott, like he's one of the most consistent post players in America. It'll be great watching him go up against Dave. Leaky Black has sort of emerged as a perimeter defender. I'd imagine he's going to spend most of the game on Ochai. So North Carolina has answers, and it's going to be a hell of a game. But what they don't have that Duke had is a guy like Paolo Benchero, who is I mean, probably going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Um, Duke has the ACC Defensive Player of the Year down low as well so um, they're younger and I think there's part of me that says I would rather see experience versus youth but I just want to stay away from that elite talent because those guys take over games and so I definitely think Kansas is, is happy to be facing North Carolina What's your nervousness level? 1 to 10 10 being the most nervous well, I'm not nervous today. I'll be nervous tomorrow. Okay. So today, I would I would put it at about a two, but by tonight, I'll probably creep up to a six or so, and then tomorrow morning, whenever I wake up, immediate nine, immediate nine the second I get out of bed tomorrow morning, and I will just be main. I will just be sort of hovering around nine to eleven all day long. Did you ever expect this with this team? You've been covering this team inside now with your waving the weed no. podcast and. Well, how far did you think they'd go? I mean, honestly. I thought they were a Sweet 16, Elite 18. But, like, when I say that, I, it, it's, not, it's not to say I didn't think they, they were capable of making it this far. 
It's just that I I thought that the defense was never going to be Final Four good. Like I thought that would cost him in a game because it's cost him several times this year. We went back and looked it up. When Kentucky came in to Allen Fieldhouse and just throttled Kansas, after that game, KU had the 55th ranked defense in the country. And if you don't have a top 30 defense, you're not going to a Final Four. Like, you can just go back over the years. That's a very, very consistent statistic. It's, you need to have it about a top 25, a top 20, or a top 30 defense. They were 55th, I think. Mm. So at that point, I was like, okay, well, this team that you can't scheme. It's kind of like what we talk about with the Chiefs, honestly, where early in the season it was like, you can't scheme this defense up. They just don't have the Joes. Like, they just don't have the guys. And that's how I felt with Kansas. And beyond that, like what we talked about with Remy Martin, I thought that, man, Bill Self's a great coach. His X's and O's are phenomenal, but you get to march. Those plays don't matter as much. You need guys who can go and get your shots. And at the time, Remy Martin wasn't there. So I was like, well, they don't have that. And they don't have the, the bodies on defense. So I just think eventually they're going to get exposed by a more talented team. And credit to them. I mean, the, the bracket definitely broke in their favor. There's no question about that. But, I mean, even, even last night, I mean, Villanova's a great team, a great program, but they were missing one of their best players, maybe their best player. They had a five-man rotation. Sometimes you got to get some, some, some lucky breaks in March because Kansas has been on the other side of those. But nobody's going nobody's gonna to complain about making it to a national championship game. Would you trade it all in for a uh, college football playoff exper- um, invite? Wait, so... For Kansas? Okay, but is it? Are you guaranteeing me a win? Just, just getting there. That's a win. So, what if, what if they're the four seed and then they lose to Georgia, forty-eight to nothing in the first game? I don't want that. It's just getting there, man. Imagine the excitement. No, I need a win. If you give me a win, I would do it. And a Heisman front runner. You say Kai Thomas wins Heisman. Oh, he, okay. So you're so I get a Heisman winner or just a front runner? No, you get a winner. You get a winner, okay. and you get a playoff experience. You know, okay, I'll take that. Because, oh. that. because that season would be electric, and you know it. Oh, it would be, you man. Waving the week, football be, style. Like a full seat, and it's just, I know in my lifetime, Kansas will win another national championship in basketball. Oh, the yeah. scenario that you've laid out in front of me will never happen. Will never happen in my lifetime, so I would take it. Who's going to win more titles in the next 10 years, Kansas or Mahomes? Hmm. Hmm. Well, it's easier for, I would say, it's easier for the have the, the rich to remain rich in college basketball. The NFL is designed for teams to sort of fall off their perch. So I will say Kansas basketball because I, I think, I think Kansas City should feel fortunate if, Mahomes wins another title, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. They're, they're not easy, <laughs> that's for sure. But Nick Schwart on Twitter, at Nick underscore Schwart, S-C-H-W-E-R-D-T. When's the podcast dropping? Uh, we'll have a podcast out tomorrow, and then we'll probably have another one on Tuesday, immediate reaction to whatever happens tomorrow night. Yeah, you've had a lot of fun covering this run. It's, it's time to switch to football as soon as this game's over, though. <laughs> Sound like my mother. All right. By Wednesday, right. it should be Lance Leipold stuff, you know? Okay, it's coming. Spring game. Right around the corner. <laughs> All right, take care, Nick. <laughs>
All right, see you, man. There you go, Nick Schwartz right there. Obviously happy about his Jayhawks. Uh, coming up next, though, we'll look at this uh, Final Four tournament. And it is a question, I'll ask Grant. Who wins more? But I have who wins more besides just Kansas and the Chiefs. I'm curious to know next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bink Sunday. Jay Binkley, Grant Nicholson producing. So I asked Nick Schwartz the question, Kansas or Mahomes, who wins more titles in the next 10 years? It's not easy for either one of them. Look how long it's taken Kansas to win yet another one. But they are. It's still the Royals in that equation. Who wins the next title first? Not, don't, don't put Kansas in this because they played a bar night. So they would it'd be another one besides this one. Who wins the next title? Royals, Chiefs, or Kansas getting two? Uh, it's probably the Chiefs. I'm with you on that. I think the Royals are a little ways away, and I think the window for the Chiefs is still, like, wide open. Like, it may not be, like, a slam dunk like it felt like the last three or four years, but it feels like in the NFL where the the cream rises to the top a lot, like, you can have a a weird year in the next four to five years that the Chiefs definitely are, you know, favorites. Well, you get that bye, you win the divisional round, boom, you're in the title game, AFC title game, then you're at the Super Bowl. Now, if you have to play wild card weekend, you have that game, then divisional round game. There's not as many games. You're not doing like series against different teams. It's an easier step to get to, especially if you get that by. And you're going to have the best quarterback in 95% of your matchups. 100% and the best coach quarterback combination in the NFL with, with Mahomes and Andy Reid. So, yeah, I would say the Kansas City Chiefs will. There's a lot of titles around this area lately, huh? It's been a few years for sporting, but they at least have one in recent memory. Kansas City Royals in 15, Chiefs in 2019-20, and now, of course, uh, Kansas with an opportunity to get one. Not exactly just flyover country, is it, Grant? No. Teams are winning titles. No, definitely not. And it looks to be continuing going forward. A lot of bright spots for the Royals and the the Chiefs, of course. Well, I know the Royals and Chiefs, you know, both competitive both make the postseason in 2015. Uh, the Royals and the Chiefs made the postseason then. 2014, the Royals obviously make the World Series. The Chiefs didn't make the playoffs that year. But this could be the heyday of Kansas City sports when you have Patrick Mahomes, you got Bobby Wood Jr., a lot of attention to the Kansas City Royals. I think there's so many expectations. There's always going to be expectations on the Chiefs. As long as Mahomes is here, there's always going to be expectations on the Chiefs. <clears throat> They've won the- They've won six straight divisions. And, of course, the Royals, sky's the limit for the Kansas City Royals with all that young talent coming in to Kansas City. We'll take a timeout. We come back. The NFL over-under totals are out. We'll discuss those next. You're listening to Bink Sunday on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.